Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Friday, man. It's no rules Friday. <laughs> so I guess in true fashion, it's going to be weird. But we got a great show lined up for you. It's also a very weird one. I just, we've only seen each other for like what? 15, 20 minutes total before we hopped on. We like booby mouths. We just show up. <laughs> I don't want to tear this my ACL though. Given. Yo, we're still going to get the Scully afterwards. I'm not trying to tear an ACL. <laughs> Not like Booby Miles. We got the the great show that we have in store for you today. A lot of it has to do with the guests. So we have Hunter Bailey going to be joining us in studio. If you don't know, he's the Charlotte 49er beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. Pay that man full time, by the way. Don't let me get off my soapbox. But he comes on. He's going to talk about the football team. He was out at the Charlotte 49er Pro Day yesterday. We're going to talk about the state of the basketball team, talking a little bit about the transfers. So got some good info there. And then... We have P.J. Washington, got to go out to the Spectrum Center, interview him fresh off of his 43-point performance, talking about his contract. Is he about to get $20 million per year? Does he want to stay in Charlotte? You're going to have to find out at 1 o'clock. And something I've grown increasingly more excited about, and something that Wes was already 10 out of 10, I'd say 11 out of 10 for our last guest of the day, our truth somebody that Wes has called a Queen City legend a few times, a part of the WWF slash WWE, also rapper, a.k.a. Ron Killings, going to be in the studio with us. And I'm excited as I did a lot more homework, as I did a lot more research on R-Truth. He's going to be a lot of fun to have in studio. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. Harding High School's own WWE legend, Queen City icon. I mean, you know him out there, man. You know it's going to be lit. It is going to be lit. Fiddy, are you going to be lit today? How are you doing over there, man? Oh, dude, I'm great. It's No Rules Friday. It is No Rules. It feels a little bit more No Rulesy today than yeah. it usually does, even for the most most of the Fridays that we do. I, I just feel like we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. I got to say, though, I didn't miss seeing you guys okay. this morning, so maybe we start doing this more often. That's fine. We didn't miss you either. Oh, I, well, I mean, I missed you. I, I had to say you guys so Walker didn't feel sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you know I missed I, you. I did it. Okay, I did it so, you know, he wouldn't feel away either. All right. Appreciate that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's, let's oh, yeah, but, get off the bus. Because I guess. you uh, act like I went listening during that final hour yesterday when... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I knew you were listening. Yeah. I knew you were listening. Listen, the whole yeah. time I was out there, had an earbud in while I was doing my thing. What was the thing that was most offensive to you yesterday? The fact that you said all of my texts were bad. Like, there was just really one bad text that you could not read on the air. No, they were. I couldn't. Go ahead and read some of them. I then. did because I went. If you were to pull them up, <laughs> go ahead then. That, if that was the most offensive, the last text, Fiddy, I could not read. That was the last one. There, <laughs> there's some I feel you're right. Maybe they would not get me fined by the FCC, but they were a little like, oh, that's just not anything that I would express. <laughs> go ahead if you want to start reading them. Um, if you want to, you can pull it up. But no, Shroppy did did a, did a great job the last four segments in studio with you guys. Mm-hmm. I even promoted him saying he was more dynamic than me, so he'll... Look at you! Oh yeah, he'll be coming in with like his collar like pimped even more than he normally does. <laughs> that's what you do for the young fella. Build up his confidence. That is true, but I'm glad Fiddy went... That, that's actually... I've been trying to describe what Shroppy's style is. 
And we've gone with fratastic, very fraternity brother-esque. We've done a lot of that, but I think Fitty just nailed it, Wes. If you if you want to put your input on this as well, mm-hmm. the, the pop and the collar is something serious with Shroppy. Like he'll come in with a big old collar, and then he'll put the sweatshirt on over it. It's it's almost like very cover of a textbook. We're learning outside type of picture with him being on the front. Listen, he has very uh, you know Saved by the Bell teen, you know what I'm saying, heartthrob <laughs> vibes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and then he does rock the ill hockey jerseys he as does. well. You know, I got mine on today, but he was the first to be bringing them out around here, and he's just re- very calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, Shroppy's, uh, you know, he's a, a little welcome swaggy? addition. Okay. Yeah, yeah welcome addition. is, And I like the fact, by the way, it's very Inception promo-esque where you yourself are showing your dynamism by putting a promo up of saying you're not dynamic as Shroppy. It's it's very, I'm really trying to make sense of it. It's all very much so a producer puzzle that we're trying to figure it out. Very weird show. We're shooting from the hip. It's Wes and Walker. We're Ow. pulling up. We're about to roll the bus over. A little top heavy today, but the little little country bus drivers got us straightened out. Go ahead and open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Rules Friday and the rules for Twitter kind of going to be changing as we move forward. I did want to start with this, though. Wes, are you blue check verified on your Twitter account? No, man. I tried before they started to charge now. I, I tried a few times to hit them up. I just don't understand the criteria. And then Twitter is tough because they ask you to send in like your company, your entity, but then right. what they had didn't fit what I'm doing, so mm-hmm. it was aggravating. So you're going to have to pay now, monthly, to try mm-hmm. to get that blue check, and so you're going to see a lot of blue checks go away, because now I feel like the stigma is going to be there with having it. Like, oh, okay, you pay for the yeah. blue check? <laughs> like, now you don't get your props, because yeah. at first, the only reason I have it attached you were lit to, with the blue check. And no, and I appreciated mine, but the only thing is, I did absolutely zero work to get it. It was all locked on. So it was locked on. They decided that they wanted to bring more cred to the business. And so degenerates like me would look a little more professional with the check next to my name. Mm-hmm. And now seriously? they're going to take it away. Yes, very seriously. So they're going to take this away. So now, Fiddy, is that something that you're going to do is try to pay for this check? Or are you going to just leave it to the uh, the rich Twitter people out there in the world? I had to beg you yesterday for a Mountain Dew. So no, I'm not going to spend monthly. Fiddy, you lie all the time. <laughs> it's getting, it is getting to me. I'm trying to calm down a little bit. That is not what happened. You tried to act like I work for you when you when I was walking down the hallway and you said, "Hey Walker, give me a Mountain Dew." It's like, wait, he's like, "Hey, are you going to the vending area?" Yeah, give me a Mountain Dew. Dang, no, and, please, no nothing. And now, no, he did not say please. I said, can no, you get me no, a Mountain Dew? No, you said, give me a Mountain Dew. And then I asked, I was like, you want to say please? Eric was there as well. Eric yeah. was like, dang. Yeah. And just asked me to do it. Not even asked me. He kind of demanded me right. to do it. And so now I'm in the weird pr- position where if I don't get him a Mountain Dew, I look like the mean host that doesn't take care of his producer. But if I get it for him, then it's like I'm giving in to his demands rather than the questions. It was very weird. You pinned me against a corner, and I didn't like it. <laughs> and I won. And now you're lying about it. <laughs> That's what I do best. I know it is. Yeah, but you're the yeah, cap king. No, I, I, I'm not paying for 
Twitter verification. I know. It's I'm not. That's like eight dollars. I thought about it, but then I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. So I, so are, are you losing your blue check mark? I th- I'm sure I'm going to. I still have it as of now. So I if believe. you already had it, you will lose it, and you have to pay for it regardless. Celebrities, anybody have to pay for it. Yeah, because the New York Times already said that they're not going to pay for it. Like uh, other publications are saying they're not going to pay for the blue check. Because <laughs> if you think of all the people that want a blue check, pay for it. Mm-hmm. That didn't have it before, and then if you made all the people that already had one pay, oh god, oh, yeah. money that that would generate. Yeah, as yeah. if he needs more. A, a lot of the Twitter criticism. I'm not going to say it's performative, but I, I think we were looking to jump off the ledge a little too quickly with some of this stuff. But not to say that Elon Musk was making great decisions with this social media service. At the same time, now it's just going so weird. We're in this cycle of bad decisions that are rearing his head once again. Yeah, and I have zero clue as to why this is what he's doing or at least why he thinks it makes sense. So anyways, we'll see exactly. I promise I'm the real Walker Mail still. If you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> there's not a fake account at least yet of Walker Mail. So this is going to be the real one with my name. After, don't do it, Fiddy. <laughs> don't do it. I could just use some of your, your creepy photos I have of you pointing at Hornets Media Day. <laughs> yeah. I could even tweet like you. How do you tweet like me? Well, just, I mean, just the whitest guy on the face of the earth. <laughs> I, mean, a, I think you're looking into a mirror if you're going to be hurling that around. All right, the pro days are all done, too. We're going to talk a lot about that regarding the Carolina Panthers. It felt like a concert tour. They were just loading up the bus with the entire Panthers brass. They were yeah. going to Bryce Young's pro day right after C.J. Stroud. Both of those days were before Will Levis. Now, it took a little while to get um, to get the contact with Anthony Richardson, but Anthony Richardson, his pro day was just completed. What did you make of the tour off the pro days? I mean, it was really cool. It was really interesting. We got something, or I felt like we gained a little something about each prospect through their pro days. Um, everybody talking about Anthony Richardson's right now. And then just like I said, each one gave us a little bit more yeah. insight. What about does Will Levis feel like the the least important yes. one? I mean, Anthony Richardson, that was the one where we didn't have the dinner as scheduled originally. But yeah. at the same time, I think Will Levis is probably the one that is fading to the wayside a little bit more. We heard Steve Smith talk about Anthony Richardson. You don't want to be the guy that passes on investing in Tesla or yeah. investing in Amazon. And so that was one. Now, we had a glowing review about Bryce Young, too. He did. I, I, I would say... Based off of the reviews from Steve Smith, I would say his favorite still is probably Bryce Young, yeah. but still had a glowing review of Anthony Richardson. He did, and then Dan Orlowski has come out and said yeah. now that you can't rule him out as the top pick. I mean, all the reviews that I've read, they said he wowed scouts how spectacular the workout was, and uh, we expected the arm strength, but I think, like I said, the accuracy was big for him, and I just think these teams see him as that piece of clay that they can mold into, uh, you know, a great statue. We'll the, see. The Michelangelo. Okay. Um, okay. Graceful. Graceful <laughs> is now Anthony Richardson. <laughs> we'll see how some of these NFL teams can mold maybe a Grant DeBose, the wide receiver standout for Charlotte. Anybody else looking to go pro? The state of Charlotte's football program. We're going to talk with Hunter Bailey right after the break about everything Charlotte sports, both football and basketball. Coming up next, he joins us in the Planet Kia Studios, Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNC.
Preston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be with you until 3 o'clock. Remember, you can text in, share your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. Text line number is 704-570-9610. It is a pleasure to welcome Charlotte Observer Rider for the Charlotte 49ers. You can find him on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Hunter Bailey joining us in the Planet Kia studios. Also visit their website, planetkianc.com. Hunter, appreciate the time, man. How are you? Doing good, man. I'm I'm glad you could fit us in before you go to Dreamville this weekend. Yes, sir. I cannot wait. Drake, Usher, who else is there? Sean Paul. J. Cole. J. Cole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Said that J. with some spice. J. I, yeah, that's right. That's going to be fun. You're not exact. You're not excited about the the list, though, right, Wes? No, like, I'm, not as much. No, and I'm not a big, like, I like J. Cole. I support him because he's a North Carolina guy. He has to be on the right track for me. I respect his lyrical ability. Like, he's yeah. a monster. But he has to be on the right track for me. I don't really like a lot of the Dreamville guys, and that lineup doesn't do much for me. But, but the thing is, we were trying to talk about where, okay, when you do a music festival like that. Mm-hmm. You have to pick the people you are going to fit in first and foremost, right? Like, I know you've got your headliners. And Usher, everybody's going to be there for Usher, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to be headliner. For me, I, me and my friends, we would love to do the R&B thing. Like, I remember yeah. they had an R&B bar crawl, what was it, a few years back, and we had a ball in Uptown Charlotte. But is that something you would get down to, or is it really only the hip-hop artists that you're yeah, going to be nah, there for? Yeah, nah, I'm not. That's, that, was a weird, that was a weird ad to me, too, for him to have Usher on it. Like, I was I like, I thought it was cool. Man. That's what Hunter was saying, it's though. It's kind of strange. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Dirk that's a weird Usher? ad for yeah. a festival. Why am I the only one that would want to go see Usher right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that it's not worth going to see. He's an icon, but... Just having him at a festival and a rap festival at that where the majority. But, I mean, I guess he does Ari Lennox and stuff like that. But yeah. it's just, yeah. Last year was Lil Baby was the Saturday Night Headliner, and I was cool with that. So. Well, yeah, that yeah. would be great. Yeah. I understand that. I can't believe I'm the only one. I love you, Usher. I still love you. Don't <laughs> I respect worry, man. Usher, but, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be going there for us. All right. Well, another play, you know, not only was Hunter able to fit us in his busy schedule because of Dreamville this weekend, but also he was at Charlotte Pro Day yesterday. Really? this was all about Grant DeBose, right? Like, that's why... How many scouts, Hunter, how was the pro day, especially uh, surrounding Grant DeBose, the wide receiver? Absolutely. So, 23 NFL scouts, a couple CFL folks. Um, it, was, it was a big turnout. It was the biggest I've seen at a Charlotte pro day. Because uh, when you think about Alex Highsmith, that was 2020. They didn't have a pro day uh, due to COVID that year. So, a ton of scouts out there. Chris Reynolds threw the ball around well. Grant DeBose obviously made the... Huge laying out catch, and that was kind of a full circle moment for him, man, because when he first got on campus, he ran three routes with Mark Carney, the former offensive coordinator, throwing the ball, a curl, a dig, and a go. And on the go ball, he laid out just like he did in that video, and they said, pack it up, you got the scholarship. So for him to do that in front of, <laughs> in front of wow. 23 scouts, now he's got that combine invite under his belt. Yeah, It's almost time for draft day. It was a huge moment for Grant, for sure. Look, there are some there are some things, right? Like, I'm not an NFL scout. I don't know who's going to be good at the next level. Some of this stuff is very weird to try to figure out and evaluate. But as soon as I saw Grant DeBose make his first catch, the first seven, Hunter, yeah. in a Charlotte 49er uniform, they were either laying out, they were touchdown catches, they were each at least flirting with a top 10 appearance on yeah. SportsCenter. It was like the first seven or eight I remember him making in the first two or three games. And now here he is absolutely going to be a good, in my opinion, at least a good NFL prospect at the wide receiver spot. Steve Smith gassed him up the other day yeah. as he was saying how much he loves Zay Flowers. He loves also Josh Downs. Grant DeBose got a lot of love from Steve Smith. Did you talk to Grant at all about that? 
he said it was a dream come true to hear Steve say something like that. He grew up watching Steve and like, I mean, obviously if Steve Smith says anything complimentary about you, that's a huge, huge deal. What's the range? What do you think he gets picked through? I think, and he's kind of on the same deal as day three. I think he goes high as late day two, but I think day three is kind of more realistic in terms of receiver stock. Yeah, and I mean, in researching the both zero-star recruit, they said the man worked three jobs yes, during sir. the pandemic, man. So I think that speaks to the fact that this is a guy that's going to lay his body out, that's going to put it all on the line because he has that hunger. Is, is that the biggest thing you see from him that's going to make him a good NFL wide receiver, in your opinion? Absolutely, man. Playing at Miles College, I think he had seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown through a whole season. Comes to Charlotte, first game against Duke. I think it's like eight catches, 117, two touchdowns. And I remember in the post game of that, all the cameras are out. There's a lot of media there. Obviously, Duke's in town, first power five at Charlotte. And it, he was he was choked up, man. I mean, he was like, I'm not used to these cameras. I'm not used to any of this. Like, this mm. is all new to him. So now, I mean, he's got even more cameras than that. Going through draft combine, there's a ton going on for Grant for sure. Well, Wes, I was going to ask you just about, like, you think he might be a good fit for the Panthers, right? Yeah, I was just saying, why don't we include him when we talk about certain guys we left out of A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, but Grant DuBose is another guy that maybe if they don't take him at 39, he could go in that range maybe, but maybe a guy, you know, third, fourth round, something like that, get the hometown kid, man. I mean, we've we've had what? Uh, we had Kenny Moore, and I feel like we had one other. Well, Austin Duke was with us for a Austin little bit Duke, in Carolina, yeah, yeah, yeah. and had a good preseason. Well. That was a tough cut, yeah, for sure. And because he he just he dropped a couple balls, and that was about it. Yeah, and and also really small. But Debose certainly could stick. I'd love for Carolina yeah, to take I think, fire on. So, him. what do you think about that? Has he said he's been hearing from the Panthers any, or you heard any buzz about that? So they talked like off the record at like combine and whatnot. And there was a Panther scout there yesterday. I mean, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, 6'2", 210, he's every bit of 210, can catch the ball all three levels, can line up in the slot, be the X or the Y. Like he's got what you would want at the next level for sure. So do you think that now just kind of turning the page to the 49ers program, do you think that that speaks to kind of where they are? And, and what have you seen so far from Coach Pogge as he's been in there? Absolutely. So it's a little bit different now, right? When Will Healy was here, you could go out there. I could be on the field. I could talk to the players, talk talk to Will, kind of kind of whenever. Uh, it's a little bit different now. So you're allowed to go out and watch them stretch, and then you have to leave for practice. Then you can come back after practice to mm. talk to Coach uh, Coach Poji. So like I say, it's a little bit different. I haven't been able to see any kind of these freak athletes do anything. I mean, they pass the eye test. These, these guys are huge, and it's way different, especially in the trenches, man. You're looking at two defensive ends coming. One, Yobi, Yabi, I think that's how you pronounce it. Started at Alabama, transferred to Michigan, former five-star. And then opposite him is Damon Clowney, who was featured in The Cost of Winning, the HBO yeah. documentary, documentary. He's a cousin of Jadavion Clowney. Mm. He's, he's a problem, man. Oh, I want those genes, man. I don't and care how good you what are. I'm saying. Just give me the genetics. <laughs> so they passed the eye test, yeah. but I haven't been able to see like them really in action yet. And I think the spring game is going to be the first time that happens, 7.30, Saturday night, April 22nd. So, Hunter Bailey joining us in the Planet Kia studios. I want to hear some questions for you about the Charlotte 49ers, whether it be football, whether it be basketball. That might be a show outing, the spring game. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. 704 Five seven zero ninety six ten. By the way, um, I want to talk a little bit more about this football program. The difference between Will Healy and Biff Pogi, the media savvy, if you will. Will Healy was very good at it. Mm -hmm. It's what put this program on the map, and that's the thing. Look, man, like as a Charlotte Forty Nine er alum, being heavily involved in that program, just as far as like doing sideline for them for a little while. 
you know, Will Healy was very good with the media and the winning didn't come. But at the same time, I was very appreciative of him getting time with Jim Rome. You did get to the bowl game. The winning just didn't last. And at the end of the day, you had to move on from Will Healy. But now here you are with Biff Pogey. I I don't think that the program's not going to get any love. But I'm just hoping more wins come with it, right? Oh, for sure. Like, so you're not going to have the open practices. So how much do you think, what, what are your expectations, I should say, just as far as Biff, relationship with the media, and how different things are looking going towards the future of this season? I think if you, if being a little bit different with the media translates to wins, I think the fan base loves that. I think we'll be okay with that. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about three and nine last year. If you, you can build on that going to the American now you look at the schedule, that's a tough schedule at ECU, Maryland, Florida, home for Navy, home for Memphis. Like there's some big games on the schedule. I think how he is with the media, that's just Biff. And I think we're kind of getting to know him in bits and pieces and Biff, he's big 10. He wants to run the ball. He wants to stop the run. He wants to play that style of football. I mean, you look at Michigan, that's what he wants Charlotte to be. What's a realistic goal for them this season? I think you go 500. I think that's, if you do that, that's, a huge jump, obviously, from last year. Last year had big expectations, bringing Reynolds, DeBose, Spencer, Vic Tucker, so many of the guys on the defense back with a new staff. And then you go three and nine. This year, moving to the new conference, if you can at least win six games, get bowl eligible, I think that's huge. And so you say that, talking about going to getting bowl eligible, and Coach Pogey has come in off top talking big, and we like that about him. (laughs) Have you gotten a chance to talk to some players just to see, since you don't get to see practice and see how things are being run, how have they said he has been with them and the staff so far? He's hard-nosed. He's old school. And so it's a big flip for a lot of these guys. They're going from the charismatic Goofy Will Healy, who's making jokes, playing loud music at practice. Now the music's quiet. It's a lot more intense. And as far as practice goes, they're practicing three days a week. I think it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday with scrimmages on Saturdays, early mornings and long practices. That's what I've been told so far. Do you feel like they're in that stage to where every time a new coach comes in, they want to kind of weed out guys that they kind of get rid of a lot of guys for the guys that he's bringing in and him just trying to figure out the roster at this point and get his type of guys in for sure. So we just had Marcus Robitaille as a safety on, on a podcast that I, that I host. And he pretty much said when coach Poji got hired, it was right after Dion came in and said, I'm bringing my baggage and it's Louie coach Poji said, <laughs> Hey man, we're going to, we want to win with what we have. We're going to bring in some talent. We're going to a better conference. We want to bring in some of these five stars, some of these connections that I have for my time at St. Francis and at Michigan, but we want to win with what we have. So if you don't feel like you can do that, step out, hit the transfer portal. But if not, let's win at Charlotte. That's been the message. And I think that, I mean, that's as good as it gets for this level. Hunter Bailey joining us in the Planet Kia Studios. By the way, the podcast he's talking about, it's the Highway 49 podcast. He brings in all the athletes you care about. Talked about Robitaille. Just talked with Chris Reynolds. That was an awesome interview you had with him, by the way. I did want to get to Mike Hill's role in hiring Biff Pogey because here we are talking about the stark difference between Will Healy and Biff Pogey. Do you think that was one of the top qualities Mike Hill was looking for just to go a complete 180 from what Will Healy was because it does seem like there's a very big difference. Oftentimes we'll see NFL, NBA, whatever. If something didn't work previously, then we're going to flip it on its head and do the exact opposite. Sometimes you want something in the middle and maybe sometimes it does call for a 180 degree turn. Regardless, is that what you think Mike Hill had in mind? 
what he told the media was he didn't feel like he had to go 180. And then I feel like he totally went 180. I mean, this is as different <laughs> yeah. as it gets, man. And I think that he knew he wanted a change. He wanted someone that was more football minded, someone that was really going to be about their business. And I think you hire a businessman. I mean, this is a hedge fund manager or a former hedge fund manager, multimillionaire guy coming in and he loves football and he loves the kids he's working with. And I think that was part of it. Poji talks a lot about like being a transformational coach, getting players from where they are to where they want to be. And I think that's the biggest staple in this. Well, Hunter, we're talking about the big difference, even in personality between Will Healy and Biff Poji. But honestly, man, as much as we thought Will Healy was going to be a big time recruiter, didn't really happen. Yeah. I know a lot of people were really frustrated. You would think that big personality would lead to, oh, okay, he's one of us. He's going to appeal to the younger minds, such as these college athletes are. And correct me if I'm wrong, the recruiting wasn't great with, no. with Charlotte over wow. the last couple of years. That seems to be a big difference with Biff, too, right? Sure. Like, how big of a difference do you see the recruiting side of things as we transition? I mean, we're talking about a five-star, 13, four-stars, and I think 20-something, three-stars on their way in. So, That'll I mean, do. That'll do. That's more than, than Healy brought in in his entire tenure in terms of four-stars. I think prior to that was Tykees Crawford was a four-star, and then James Foster, the quarterback from A&M. So when you're looking at this, it's a complete flip. I don't know necessarily where it ranks, but definitely much better. Wes, you love the high school game. You've watched it. You played football. Mm -hmm. How big of a difference is it just, okay, if you have the right coaching mm -hmm. and then you can bring in the three, four star guys, we kind of talk about this with the Tar Heels, right? Yeah. Where like the recruiting class is always awesome, mm -hmm. but then we kind of blame the coaching staff for not being able to get the most out of that talent. And yeah. then so we lead to these discussions. All right. Is it really good talent or is it the coaches not getting the most out of it? I more, I more so just philosophically put it more on the coaches, which is why I'm excited that if Poji is here, if he's getting this talent, I think he can get the most out of these guys. Yeah, I mean, the big thing you want to see is just accountability. That's the main thing that's going to sharpen skills. When you have a coach that's going to hold you accountable, not let you slip up and keep some of those bad habits, because some of these guys are transferring because they couldn't cut it at their former schools, some of those bad habits, you have to weed that stuff out. But who are some of the transfers? Because just looking down the list, they have a lot of them. So he is definitely cleaning <laughs> out this program. But who are some of the guys? Give me maybe your top two or three that you think will make the biggest impact. For sure. I've heard a lot about Dante Belfort from North Carolina. He's a defensive back coming mm -hmm. in. I've heard a lot about, as I mentioned earlier, Yabi Oki coming from Michigan. And then Julian, I don't know how you pronounce the last name. Starts with a W. Number we'll get a research team on it. Yes, sir. But he, coming from Michigan as well, I believe he had four sacks last year. And when you talk, I mean, you mentioned some some cats drop down from the Power Five to the Group of Five because they're not not making enough plays at that level, not getting enough playing time. And I think that now is the time to make those plays because there's a lot of kids, as you as we talked about earlier, it's like they really might have to hit the transfer portal because they're not going to play at Charlotte now because there's so I mean there's 50 new faces there. When you when you go out to practice. Like I say, I haven't been able to see much, but I'm out here looking at the roster, trying to zoom in on these yeah. people like, what do y'all look like? Who are y'all and yeah. where did you come from? Because there are so many new people. Is that basically what this spring is going to be about, him figuring out what this roster is going to look like? Because after spring, you're probably going to see a mass exodus coming out of Charlotte of guys who aren't going to be able to cut it under Coach Poji. I don't know if it'll be a mass exodus. I wouldn't go that far, but I do think there will be some folks that realize, all right, I'm not going to get the play time that I want. Maybe I was in the rotation last year and they just added three or four running backs and now I might be out. So I'm, 
I have to go somewhere else for sure. And, and perhaps I'm guilty of this. So I apologize if it doesn't seem like I'm moving on from the Will Healy era. It's just, mm-hmm. it's an interesting era though, right? Like here's somebody that is getting all of this praise and media attention. And we're talking about him moving on to a D1 program as soon as year one is done. And then it definitely didn't happen to the point where Charlotte was ready to move off of him. Like it's an interesting era, even just as a subplot nationally in the college football landscape. And now this guy's like a quality control guy. And like, you know, I know Will Healy enough. I wouldn't say we're friends by any means, but I know him well enough. It's no shade. It's just a big difference. He's he's under Malzahn at Central Florida. We don't even know the title, right, Hunter? Like it's like quality control or whatever. I'm sure we could look it up. Yeah, I think that's what I saw. So just – Without giving too much up, I don't want to compromise the journalistic integrity that you show and bring into the studios. At the same time, what was the overall feeling of the players post-Will Healy era and when they looked back on it, what they experienced there? I think it was a bit of a relief to kind of get get past that. Once When Pete Rossomano stepped in as interim head coach, you saw the response. They beat Rice like 56 to <laughs> You're right. 14 or something crazy like that. And that was like, all right, this is the team that we expected. Now, they still did lose a couple games there. They got blown out by Western Kentucky, and then they ended their season with the win. But I think it, it was kind of a relief that it was over because you saw it coming. I mean, they started one and seven, man. They got blown out on homecoming by FIU, a program that was in a complete rebuild. So yeah. it was like, it's okay. We've got this off of our back. Obviously, it's emotional to lose a coach, especially someone like Keely, who like, he was about it, man. He loved those kids. He did. He did. And so to lose him, I think it was obviously emotional, but a relief. And then now you're getting someone like Poji who's coming in completely different. is a lot more football minded and is bringing in like, I mean, you're looking at these assistants, got some coming from the NFL, some coming from top tier programs. It's just a lot different. And then it's all kind of stemming off of Lewis Corrala, the strength and conditioning coach coming from Georgia Tech, man. He's been the voice of this program so far. All right, let's go to a fitty flash. You want to hang out with one more segment? Is that cool with you? Yeah, we got to talk quarterback. We got to talk quarterback. We do have to. Yes, you're right. And then we got to talk about the state of the basketball program as well. But before we do that, let's hear from Fitty on the first fitty flash. What you got for us, Fitty? Do you want to remind you guys that the MLB season got underway yesterday? The Charlotte Knights, their season kicks off tonight. You can find their first pitch at 704 up at Truist Park. Now for my main flash. Dude, the Eastern Conference playoffs, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because I think the Celtics and the Bucks are clearly the two best teams. But last night, the Seas, they beat Milwaukee by 41. Walker, are they the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? Well, don't sleep on the Sixers. A lot of people think the Sixers could do it, too. You know, yeah, It's Philadelphia. Well, well <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. They, they do. They have been choking. Man, I, I thought it was Milwaukee heading into that game, though, right? And so that's why if you beat them by 40, and by the way, they were down early, and it doesn't. It didn't matter what Milwaukee would do, even in the second quarter, third quarter. They just could not get back to make that game interesting at all. If you made me choose, I think I'm choosing Milwaukee in the postseason. I just think Giannis seems to be a guy on a mission, but it's real close. I mean, I, I don't feel great about it, but if you're forcing me to choose, I would go with Milwaukee still, even despite that loss that they suffered by 40. But I agree overall with the first sentence he had. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, the NBA night in night out basis there's so many blowouts I don't put a lot of stock into last night's game I mean they'll get in a series and blow each other out and they'll probably be two good games out of six or seven so uh but if I was to pick 
I've been with Boston all year. I feel like they're kind of on a mission to get back after what happened against Golden State, the way Tatum's been playing. So uh, we'll see. And I felt like they added that depth with Brogdon and the crew. So I like Boston. Let's talk Charlotte 49er quarterback battle. Transition to Ron Sanchez, state of the basketball program. Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer joining us in the Planet Kia studios. It's all next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Other chaos about to erupt right before we got on the mic. I'm Walker just worried trying about to break up our friendship. No. Who started that, Wes? I mean, you learn being in a relationship that, you know, sometimes you have good days and bad days. Mm, there's know? a lot of bad days. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, we we know. That's what Olivia told us. Ooh. Oh, no. Yeah. You got a gut as big as Mac Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on those socials, Wesson Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, WFNZ on Instagram. Hit the follow button, man. Come on, get us to a 1,000. Get us to a bang. Now we're mad, okay? At first yeah. we were asking, now we're demanding yeah, That's okay? right, we're, we're demanding. angry with yeah. you. Yep, so let's get it. Still got Hunter Bailey in here, Charlotte Observer, Charlotte 49ers writer, talking about the Niners and – uh this is the Campus Corner 49ers edition. Okay, there we go. I love it. <laughs> yes, alma mater, baby. Let's talk about the green. All right, Hunter. So we did not get to this, but out of all of the transfers and all of the new players and all of the position battles that we will have for the Charlotte 49ers, we want to know about quarterback. You're replacing Chris Reynolds, a Niners staple the last few seasons. Who's going to be the next guy, in your opinion, or who's going to be in the mix? For sure. So Coach Poggi did an interview the other day, and he said he would play three to four quarterbacks in a game. Gee. I think, that, I think <laughs> that's, that's crazy. But, all right, so I think there's really two that are probably in the mix. Uh, you're looking at Xavier Williams, right. who's back from last year. He stepped in when Reynolds went out, had some really good showings. Uh, he started his first game in college against Maryland, played well, really kind of broke on the scene against William & Mary. Uh, he's he's come a long way since he got on campus, and I think he still has room to grow. His his ceiling is really high, and he was actually Healy's first quarterback commit when we think about that. Uh, and then you got Jalen Jones. So he started his career at Florida in 2018, which feels like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Transferred to Jackson State, played for Deion Sanders. Obviously, his son came in. Jalen moved on. Bethune Cookman for, I think it was a season Good or two. <laughs> so he, he's been all over. Now he's in Charlotte. Yeah. He had a solid season at Bethune-Cookman. Now he's here. I think him and Xavier in the mix. And then you still have James Foster from Texas right. A&M. Yeah. So I think those are probably the three. And then you got a true freshman coming in, Carson Black. He's a local kid coming from Fort Mill. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a flip from Memphis. So, I mean, if we're talking three or four, those are probably your three or four. But top two is definitely Xavier and Jalen. Yeah, because I want to see Charlotte get a guy that can sit back there and throw darts. I forget what the first kid was they had at quarterback, the blind kid that ran all the time. Well, Matt Johnson Matt was very Johnson, yes. And then, and then Chris Reynolds, he was good, but he was a sporadic pass. I oh, want dude, Charlotte he, to get a guy that he, can He back. was, but yeah, Chris Reynolds. He was, yeah, He's good. He's I, gutsy, all that good stuff. I know you're not disrespecting him. I will say... That dude matters to that program as much he as he does. But I'm just saying, I want the Fortnite to get a guy that can, you know, just sit back there and throw darts, man, and just, you know. From what from what it sounds like, man, they about to run the ball. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> well, you got to throw might it just have someone point. that's really good at handoffs. Yeah. yeah. Someone that's better in the play action, and there's someone that's going to throw the slant. All right, we're, we're playing the college basketball music. Final four this weekend. FAU, San Diego State, FF, FAU coming straight out of Conference USA. Is this providing inspiration and or pressure on the 49ers to get it together? Yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, you're like, if FAU can do it, you guys can do it. What your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. Dusty May has been there for five years, just like Ron Sanchez has been at Charlotte for five years. I mean, you look at FAU's gym, man, it's a high school gym. And now they're playing in the Final Four. I think I saw a stat where the Final Four gym that they're playing in in Houston is like 15.5 times the size wow. of their home home court. So I think this, I mean, Charlotte did get a CBI win this year. Conference USA really went off. They might yeah. get the clean sweep if FAU can win it all. But I do think this puts some pressure on them for sure. Well, and, and look, it, we've got some people texting in some Charlotte questions. You can do so here. Photo finish before he has to head out. 704-570-9610. Tips, Tim hates tanking as well as Tar Heel hating Tim. He asked, can you ask Hunter why Mike Hill continues to believe in Ron Sanchez when everybody else with a working pair of eyes knows he isn't the answer. I, I don't think it's as bad as the way he's phrasing it, but obviously, Hunter, it's not great. You just mentioned the length of time that he's been here. We had our second year with Ron, where he finished fourth in the conference, pandemic hits. We don't get to experience the fruits of what that regular season led us to hope for in the postseason. Just where are you right now on Ron Sanchez, the amount of pressure that's on him next season? If he's there. Yeah, right. That I mean, that's a that's a big question, too. I think he'll be there. I think he's safe after this year. They paid 27000 to go play in the CBI. In the first half of the Western Carolina game, it was like, oh, man, we're about to lose. It's going to be real embarrassing. <laughs> they come back, go on to win the tournament, win 40000 so they net little bit of money off of that moving to this year i mean obviously we've seen ali ali khalifa bryce williams hit the transfer portal that's your top scorer two top scorers and top rebounders gone so you're looking at that it's like all right new conference again we're gonna have to rely on transfers to make this team great so ton of pressure right now well and that's what i want to ask if you know i'm sure we we're able to get my kill at some point that's the one thing i'd love to ask him so yeah prepare if we're gonna have you on mike but it's the transfer <laughs> thing and look it's i get the landscape of college basketball right now, college sports, the transfer portal is so prevalent. But as I've said a million times, Charlotte has been losing their studs so often. It's been there since I was at school and enrolled in 2011. It doesn't matter who your best players were. They were gone. They were going to go to some of these power five schools, which I can understand. But can we keep some of them like Jameer Young and John Davis are the guys that stayed the longest and even Jameer Young transferred yep. at the end. And, and I, I get why. It, how big of a deal do you think that should be for whoever comes in as the next head coach if Ron Sanchez is indeed gone? And if he's here, how big should that be for, for his next to-do list? For sure. Ron Sanchez said, and I talked to him, I guess it was five games left in the Conference USA regular season, and asked, what does Charlotte need to get over the hump? At that point, they had lost four games in a row. It was, it was, looking, it was looking dim, you know? Yeah. He said, you look across college basketball, the teams that are winning and winning consistently are retaining their players. And when you look at Charlotte, they're not. So kind of so outs himself there. My question is, how do you how do you get these cats back? What is it, NIL money? Is it just continuing to win? And I asked Bryce Williams this too. What do you, what does this program need to get back to the Conference USA tournament? He said, you know, I don't really know how to answer that. Or not the Conference USA, NCAA tournament. Right. He said, but we just got to win. And I mean, you... Winning heals everything, but if you can't keep the players and you're reshuffling every year, 
it's going to be it's going to be just like this almost every time. That's a good point that you bring up about keeping the kids because you know I'm from here. Charlotte did not have a program at the Division One level. Didn't even have a football program when I was coming out of high school. But when I see the facilities and I see the campus and I see the amenities being here in Charlotte, there's no question I would have given Charlotte heavy consideration if I was still out here pancaking people like I once did at Vance <laughs> High School. Okay, so what is it, in your opinion, about this program, why they have maybe a tough time uh, getting top-tier, at least local talent around the state? They've gotten some guys here and there, but I would think with all Charlotte has to offer that Charlotte would really be a problem to the bigger schools around here because I think there's so much to like. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we saw that 2000s, early 2000s, and obviously they had a lot of success in the 70s and whatnot. And now I almost just go to, like, it's the hoop state, and if you're a four-star, you're a four-star guard, where are you going to school? Right. And it's, it's not Charlotte. And I, so getting back to that, that takes that NIL money. You've got to be able to get these kids there. you got to be able to get them involved with the businesses around Charlotte. I mean, we talk about this being, what, one of the biggest banking cities in the United States. Get these kids some internships, some NIL dollars. Do the kids, like, love the, the campus and all the things Charlotte has to offer? Is it just, like, maybe just not having the right coach or maybe the facilities, especially basketball? Now, football, they've got nice facilities, but basketball maybe not being up to par? So, as far as the facilities go, they're nice. I mean, talking to a couple of players in the past few years. Basketball players? Basketball players. Right. What I've been told is, like, campus life isn't like that. Like, I've had some be like, and this isn't college like experience that I that I expected. So I don't know if they need to step that aspect up or what. But that's that what I've heard a little bit. Let's go throw some parties, Wes. Yeah. yeah, that's what we need to do. <laughs> you go. know what I'm saying? Shave our faces, look young again. Is it because I've always heard Charlotte is a suitcase school. A lot of the kids go home on the weekends. I know you said yeah. that wasn't quite your experience. Look, but it wasn't, man. I I don't know what your experience was too. Being an alum, Walker was hanging off a balcony. I, <laughs> I I did have two <laughs> friends that jumped off a balcony. That is true. I was not one of those people they were <laughs> friends that was not me but it's different experiences for different people yeah. i guess man like i i don't know you hear it from different angles there are some people that had a blast i myself i loved charlotte and it was very on-campus living for me and my friends and a lot of people i guess don't get that experience and so maybe that is something they're gonna have to tap into or maybe they just don't fix it because they have new dorm halls yeah. i mean my my dorm hall is down they got rid of it as soon as i moved out right like so they they tried to up the campus living uh, perspective here. Hopefully that can get some of these athletes in. Hopefully it does, Hunter. We have appreciated it, man. You have enlightened us so much on what's going on inside of Charlotte. We hope to have you back to talk to us uh, a whole lot more, man. Follow him on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Hunter, we appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate having me on. Yeah, All man. Right. Absolutely. And when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, do the Panthers need to keep playing these games about who's going to be the top pick? I mean, you are number one mm -hmm. overall. Okay, we're going to talk about that and more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.